everybody, welcome back to the PTC podcast. Uh, today I'm with old friend Kieran. How are you doing, Kieran? Oh, great, Kate. Thanks for having me. No worries. We are. Uh, Kieran is probably one of my first ever PT clients, but back in England, twelve years ago, in a job that I absolutely hated with uh, Virgin Active in Sunbury. Um, but Kieran, you've got a book called "Listen" by Kieran McBreen. This is it for anyone watching the video. So I'll give you a quick intro as it's written on your thing. Kieran McBreen is a professional mindset coach and educator who excels in getting the best out of people. He's created the CMB Wellbeing Warrior Program, which to date has equipped many students with the resources and skills to deal with the countless challenges of modern day society. The program improves the behavior and lifestyle of participants and provides them with the skills for life. Listen, which is the name of the book, demonstrates how to put these skills into practice. So, what was the inspo behind that? Um, funny enough, keep back to where we first met in, in a lovely gym, I must say. Yeah, lovely gym. Um, my time working in Hounslow, West London. Um, my first teaching job. I took the interview. I got there, and the door was hanging off the hinges. The place was falling apart, and I said to myself, "Oh my goodness, what am I doing here?" And they offered me the job, and nervously I said yes. And uh, I thought to myself, I'm not going to last a day here. And five years later, I left. And the day I left, I cried um, because I ended up loving it. It wasn't just being a teacher. You know, you were everything. You were involved with the, the police because there was so much things going on in the background with the families. You were involved with the family themselves. The amount of free school meal forms I filled out because mum or dad wouldn't do it. Um, there was lots of lost students in this school. What I mean by lost students, students who had to, had to fend for themselves, students who were carers of their own parents, students who had no parents or no involvement, no support from home. Mum might have been a, a prostitute, if I can say that, drug addict, you know, um, very socioeconomic uh, situation. And I'd find myself sitting, just talking to these students and listening to their stories. And they all had a story. They all had a story. Um, there was lots of pain. And the day I left, you know, I came over to the Middle East. It was hard. It was hard to walk away from that because you were having such a positive impact on these people and their families. And um, I came to this beautiful school, amazing facilities, lots of wealth. And there were still lost students. But this time, mom was not a prostitute or a drug addict, but she was a managing director of a company. Dad was a CEO. It was affluent neglect. They were not present in the life. And I found that, again, I was sitting on the floor over lunchtime just having a conversation with this child. Now, you know, it wasn't a case of they just open up and tell me all about their difficulties at home. Day one might be, hi. Day two might be, what's happening? Day three might be, what did you do last night? And so on and so on and so on. But eventually you build trust and you build rapport and you build connection. And eventually you hear these fascinating stories. And one day I took it upon myself to, to make adults aware of how difficult life as a teenager is. And the kind of things that teenagers are going through because we compare our life to, their, to theirs and we think it's very easy for us to think, oh, go on, get, get on with it, it's okay. I, I, I could do it when I was your age, you know, but we've got different issues now, different challenges now, lots of comparisons, lots of social media pressure, you know. And I, I decided, you know, I'm going to get these stories out there. And not these particular stories, but the idea of these stories. So in 2020, it was just before COVID actually, um, I sent out a survey and I went to 48 different countries. And I wanted to get a grasp of different curriculums, different cultures, different types of people. And I got these 
children to tell their stories and and those who responded with a really in-depth story um, I followed up with a Zoom interview and, and that's what the book is about, you know, so, so for me the highlight of the book was to give these children a voice, to give their pain, their tears, their blood in some circumstances, you know, the, 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 the time it deserved and if, if one child or one parent can learn and resonate and connect with somebody else then we've hit the jackpot. Um, what age are these kids? You're talking teenagers, you're talking, you know, 13 to, to 18. And when you were in, when you were, t- were you teaching in the school, or were you working as a social worker, as a as a psychologist? I was a PE teacher. PE teacher. Yeah. So you were you were just chatting to these, just because they just tapped into your, like, the wonderful thing about passion. Yeah, the wonderful thing about PE is that you're it's a likable subject. <laughs> you know, you're not giving homework. Yeah, fair. certainly not back in, in in my time in London, um, and you were there. You know, you you were you were, you were seeing a different side of the students. You're not asking them to do to do homework, to do to, to write and write and write, but you're actually providing something, an, a, a nicer platform. You're seeing them shining a bit more because you're seeing them in a better light. You're, you're creating a better connection because the connection is there. They're willing, they're more willing to open up. Because you're not the teacher standing behind the desk shouting at them to stop talking and to stop. Absolutely, there's yeah. more understanding there. Yeah, that's interesting. So there was almost like a uniqueness to, to your position. So you're sitting, you're sitting talking to the kids like, how do you learn what questions to ask? How do you, like, how do you figure it out? You figure it out on the fly. You just listen to them. Great question. Great question. Um, yeah, you're just using your own intuition. Yeah, you know, or your your own. The thing about, I suppose, being a sports coach or a PE teacher, is that we've got a lot of the fundamentals of actually mindset coaching without knowing it. You know, you've got that skill. And maybe it's maybe it's an Irish person, an Irish thing that we can just have a conversation. Yeah. We're comfortable to have a conversation with people. And we're comfortable to ask questions. And maybe we're comfortable to probe and maybe to dig and to stretch some people. Um, of course, everyone, that, that's not, a, you know, natural for everyone. But I found it found that, uh, came natural to me. And, and um, as I progressed and, and for the sake of the book, you know, when I wrote the book, I was a certified mindset coach. So I had that toolkit in me, that, 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 that bank of questions to ask. Did you go doing that coaching post? Like, did you did you get the stimulus from the kids first, and then go and study the mindset thing afterwards? Yes, yeah, to give you a bit of context in this, I, I was moving up the ladder in school, and the more I moved up, the more <laughs> the less I liked it. Right. Um, you know, you get very st- restricted, very controlled, and um, and I was doing a master's degree in leadership and management, and in my final year, I could branch off into coaching and mentoring or leadership and management. And I said to myself, you know what? This might open up a few more doors, a few more avenues for me. And I decided to branch off into that. And again, I, I found it, it, it came natural to me. And um, and I progressed there with a first class honors master's degree. And I was very proud of that because my, which possibly we'll discuss my academic um, background was very, very poor, very, very weak, based on what I was measured against. And, um, and, and to come out with a first class honors master's degree was, was a big eye opener because I'm v- <laughs> the system frustrates me. The system frustrates me. The system that I had in 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 year two thousand and one in Ireland restricted me. The system or the assessment method here um, amplified my strengths. You know, um, so so to go back to your question, I suppose um, I, I I did a master's degree in coaching and mentoring and then I found I had something here. I had something special and my lecture was definitely telling me that anyway. Right. And um and I went on to do my, my, my coactive training um and then my ICF professional certification in two thousand and twenty one. 
So 2001, are you a student or are you a teacher? 2001? Yeah. Oh, I'm a student. You're a student. Just finished my leaving cert. And then you went, what did you study? What was so I finished went into straight into PE teaching? No, no, no. Sure. I, my, my, my destiny was that was a local local shoe warehouse, you know? <laughs> yes. Destiny? Destiny. Uh, <coughs> I got 155 points, Kate, my leaving right. cert. That's why I'm saying the measurement of a first-class honours master's degree and 155 points. Now, for those who don't know what that is, we know that that's very yeah. poor. Well, <laughs> it's out of 600 when you're doing your school exams in Ireland. Back in Ireland, it's, I think it's different again now. I think they've changed it now. Um, so you, if you got if you got 75%, you'd get either 75 or 80 points. I can't remember. So you get 100%. You get ni- between 90 and 100, you get 100 points. So medicine and super science and aeronautical engineering and those things were like 600 points whatever see you later you got 145 i got 345 i literally just found a course in my in february of my sixth year my final year of school i found a course online that you could get in on your sporting ability i literally threw my pen up in the air and i was like see you later studying yeah yeah i i hated it i hated school i wasn't a happy teenager you know but that uh, do you know the the horrible hormonal i don't know what the, the acne around the, the chin I had a lot of that I had in my body um, where did you grow up? in Coothill and Cavan in Cavan yeah 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 and you know I was from a sports scene I was doing well you know, cross country Gaelic football um, you know that was all moving in the right direction everyone's seen this kind of confident young boy but inside I was broken I was the opposite the absolute opposite you know and school really like every Sunday or Sunday evening you know, the, the anxiety feeling associated with school was just horrendous. And I can still, and I've put this in my book, I can still hear the, the engine noise waiting for the bus to pick me up on a Monday morning. And that dreaded feeling, that dreaded feeling. And So you, know, you hated it? I hated it. What I was it about it you hated? The, I, didn't see, I didn't see the connection with my future. Right. Um, and this is what I'm talking about, what measurement. Um, so what, what I'm also asking is you weren't bullied, you weren't picked on. No, 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 no. I, I did have a hard time. There's one particular guy I did have a hard time right. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a jealousy thing going on there. Right. Um, and if he only knew how I actually felt because he seen me as the captain of the football team, he seen me as the cross current and so on and so on and so on. But actually, you know, I was far from this confident, cocky person that people might have thought I was, you know. Um, but the the measurement of... You know, back in the day, kid, as you know, it was a hundred percent exam, the assessment. Yeah. You know, and and I just didn't do well in exams, so already there's a limiting belief there. Where well, what, what's the point? Yeah. I can't do this. What's the point? And because of that, the thirteen, fourteen, fifteen-year-old Kieran McBrain just gave up. Just yeah. gave up. And if I, if there had been a little bit of hope there, I might have, you know, kind of got on the the horse a little bit and improved and improved. And improved but I gave up. And and look at. You know, the teachers weren't overly inspiring, you know, in the time we had in school. However, I have to take full full responsibility. You know, I I didn't do what I needed to do. I didn't do my homework. You know, I did, there was no connection there. There was no no joy there, and 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 you did know that leads you getting in trouble then the next day, that kind of thing. Uh, I wasn't a troll. I was good. I was a good lad. Yeah. So the teachers liked me. I wasn't a bad student. I was just a lazy student. Right. A lazy student. You know, like watching. Watching Ireland on telly or Tottenham Hotspur on telly, I always took priority <laughs> <laughs> over doing my homework, you know, and I'd, I'd be getting my friends to do my homework. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd be getting, especially Matt's, 
you know, I hated it so much. And, you know, my dad used to try his best to help me. And there was one time I, I particularly locked myself in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, I just didn't, I did not want to do homework. And, and then the next day I rocked up and he said, oh, dad, everything's good, it's done. He said, what do you mean it's done? He said, show me. And I got my friend to do it at school. And sure, he, he could see right through me, yeah. you know, because he was like, what does that mean? I said, I hadn't a clue. Yeah. I hadn't a clue. Um, and I, I, I laugh now, but, uh, you know, it, it's, I kind of wish there was somebody at that time to put the arm around me and say, come on, Mac, we can do this, you know, and, and my parents did everything, you know, it's not, and my, my teachers, it's not a blame game, but kind of like the, you know, the mentor in school, somebody who's made, maybe me as a PE teacher, the person who's not, you know, really driving you academically, maybe the person who just understands you a little bit more, mm. you know, the person you can op- open up to and say, look, sir, I, I just don't get this, you know, um, somebody maybe to show you a bit, maybe, empathy as opposed to get your work done yeah but then you know there, there was a there's a, a shoe factory across the road and i could i looked out every day for five years at this factory thinking i cannot wait to get in there get me out of this environment really, get yeah. me in there and i was looking at people going in and the cars drive like everything took my attention apart from what the teacher was saying you know and I, I i finished school and guess what i got a job in there and i didn't like it <laughs> I didn't like it. It was a kick up the backside. What was for the me. job? What were you doing? It was I was packing shoes, packing shoes. And what um, shoes were they? They were drifter shoes. They were like they're like um and actually funny enough, they were Irish dancing shoes. Okay. As well, yeah. <laughs> and they were look and and look, it's nothing against this company. They were great people and really supportive, and still are great people, you know. And people who work there, you know, everyone finds their niche. And I understand people, my dad, for example, you know, worked in the same office for 40 years plus. You know, we're in a generation now where we do have more of a choice and we can take more control, you know. But um, but I didn't like it and I applied for Calvin College, which is one of these courses, kid, if you remember, like a vocational yeah. course with a government support, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I did it and it was sports and leisure and I loved it. Right. And I was reading about the anatomy. I was reading about exercise. I was reading about, you know, about how swimming pool operations work and all that, you know, I took an interest. Because I took an interest, I read more. Because I read more, I was doing better. Because I was doing better, I I got belief in myself. And I left left that year as a student of the year, you know, and that was less than 12 months after failing school. Yeah. You know? Did you fail the exams or did you get enough to get through? No, I got enough to get through. I got enough to get through. But this course... Uh, you know, everyone would have been accepted onto it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so I got on. So then that brought me to Sligo IT, and then I did well in Sligo IT, and then I moved to University of Chester in North of England, and that was a sports science and business degree, and then after that I did a PGC in physical education. Now, if I had got seven hundred points in my leaving cert, I could have went to Limerick to do PE yeah. straight away. Yeah. But of course, 155 is a lot less than 700. Why was it 700? It wasn't based on academics. It was based on the fact of, of supply and demand. It was just the demand, wasn't it? Yeah. Demand. Yeah, everybody wanted Ireland, to yeah. be a PE teacher in Ireland. So, so well, not everybody, but lots of young I know, boys. No, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? And um, so if I had got there straight away, it might not have worked out. Yeah. Because I didn't have it in my toolkit. Maybe I wasn't mature enough. Yeah. And I've got absolutely no regrets. I went around a long way. Yeah. But that's okay. And that's what we need to tell young people. That if, if it's not working out for you, just pause and have a look around and explore and see what 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 else and what other avenues can I take here. Yeah, man, I did the same. I, uh, Like I just said, I found this sports management course in UCD where you just had to t- pass your exams. 
matriculation standard, I had to Google what that meant, and that just meant pass your stuff, have a, have a language and something else, biology done. And uh, then I went into the first day of lectures, September of whatever year, and it was IT, and after lunch was finance. And I was like, I'm in the wrong place. I, this is sports management, what am I doing? So then I did, and I never, ever, ever balanced. I dropped out of accounting in like 15. I didn't do it for my leaving cert because I couldn't do, I didn't get it. Debit to receiver, credit to give her is, give her is about all I knew. And that's didn't get me through. And the first time I ever balanced the books, pencil and paper, was the exam. And I, I nailed it. I was like, oh my God, I've nailed it. It's the same. It's the same number here and here. So that meant I passed that module. Never had to do it again. I'm 47%. I'm never doing finance again. And then the IT thing was there. And basically, long story short, you needed to get over two years. They split the degree into the first year of the degree into two years part-time. So I went in there. All the scholarship people here in the class, the, the, the squash players, the rugby players, whatever. Plus a lot of old people who are going back into university. They're also in this same diploma course. And you get 60 plus percent average plus 60 plus percent in your dissertation. You go into year two in the degree. Sweet. That's my, that's my track. I'll take that. Didn't get those results. Spent a year appealing. Well, I spent the next September to January appealing. And while I was doing that appeal... I was like, I better do something with this time so I don't just sit at home. So I was working all sorts of crazy. I worked as a postman. I worked as all these sorts of crazy de day jobs. And I was doing a night course in fitness instruction. And the night course had step aerobics. It had dance to music. It had uh, like old school. This is 2004 now. So really old school stuff. And I got everything that they were saying about anatomy. And I remember in the, in the diploma in UCD, it was a massive auditorium. I can remember the guy standing at the front of the class with a skeleton arm going, flexion, extension. That's about all I learned in my anatomy. I hadn't a clue. The next year, uh, no, the, the, the night course in fitness instruction, I'm doing anatomy again. And I'm listening. I'm, I'm two feet away from the teacher now. It's a small little room at nighttime in David Lloyd Leisure Gym. And uh, I'm getting it. And everyone's looking at me going, how are you getting this? And I was like, I just get it. I don't know. I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I get it. The appeal didn't go my way. I got a job part-time in a gym in Dublin for a summer and realized I don't want this career. I don't want to be a PT. I don't want any of this. I'm getting out of here. So I went traveling around the world. Had a light bulb moment when I met this old boy from Derry. Both of us were on a rooftop in Sydney. The roof building was going to be demolished. So we were stripping out all the valuable stuff on this roof. Um, and he's telling me his life story, and I'm like, oh, shit, we're the same, me and this guy. No career, no education, no nothing. Running away from everything back home. Lovely sunny weather, but this isn't forever. I'm 21, I need to sort my stuff out. So I went back to, like you said, one of those PGs, wasn't a PGC, it was a vocational place. Did a bunch of diplomas, went to England, 23, sat in first year sport rehabilitation. Everybody there was 18, 19, away from mommy and daddy for the first time, you know, getting smashed during the week. Um, at, at the student nights out, I'm like, I'm not going out. I want, I've got anatomy tomorrow morning. Learned anatomy again for the fourth course. I'm on anatomy now. Like, honestly, like you said, if you had gone straight in, you wouldn't have the toolkit. If I had gone through that sports management course, I wouldn't have a clue about anatomy. I would have got enough to get through the exam. For me... When I'm working with clients day to day, 
I feel like a like a like a, a version of Rain Man when people are talking about movements and what hurts and what doesn't hurt because I know every single layer that's between your skin and your bone. Do you know what I mean? In your knee, in your shoulder, in your ankle. I know it all. I, I can tell you exactly any of the joints right now we could sit and go through it because I had my anatomy drilled into me. That then meant I became an anatomy teacher and now I'm teaching it. When you teach it, it goes to a different part of your brain where you're just, a f I'm just Einstein now of, of this low level anatomy stuff that, you know, almost musculoskeletal. Forget about your biochemistry. I don't know that stuff. But it's absolutely fine to go the long way if not better for you, do you know? In my university class, I don't know who came out with the BSc level and is still working at that level, yeah. do you know? A bunch of people went on to do masters in physios, and one of them is here, Amy, and then the rest of them, I know other people are working in like insurance, health-related, but they've gone down that route. Other people are working just completely quitting, they're doing something completely non-related, do you know? Um, but I'm the only one, I think, who's with, took that BSc and has just gone, <laughs> I need to get working now. But I think you've undersold yourself there, uh, undersold yourself, excuse me. You know, get, you got 300 plus points, so you had, you had basics, so you had the intellect there. And not everyone gets into UCD, right? I didn't get in. So that course, points-wise, was more than I got. Uh, it was 450 or 420 or 480, I can't remember, somewhere in the fours. I got 345. The happiest thing about my 345 is my sister got the exact same. So I was like, sweet, we're the same amount of smartness. I'm not the stupidest. She's not the stupidest. Let's go. It's fair. Let's move on. That's about the only thing. I just had to pass, to be honest. Um, but man, I literally threw, physically, literally, to use the word literally, I threw my pen up in the air and I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Matriculation standard is just pass it. I can pass all this with my eyes closed. I hated studying. I didn't mind school. I hated sitting down when I wasn't in school and going through the same stuff I've just gone through mm. today. So I used to really try in school and listen. I used, to, I used to really try and like, I don't want, I want to learn this. Not that I had like a plan, I don't want to go home and not do my homework because you have to do it. You're just because you get in trouble. But I was like, I know I need to learn this because then I'm going to get a test on it. But uh, I hated studying. People had study plans there. We used to do actually supervised study in the school. So we'd go rug school all day, four o'clock rugby, go home, dinner, back to the school for 7.45 to 9.45 p.m. of two hours supervised study. So I'm spending 12 hours in my school. It's a sporting school. No, day school. So, I, But I live very close to the school. We all were in that Cashman area of Terenure. Um, man, I figured out that if I sit back in my chair, if I put my baseball cap down and I open my book so that the, corner, the back of the book is on the corner of the table, open it, I can sleep. And I slept like that for or however long, and there was different teachers taking the supervision. And then one day, one of the teachers got me, came down, slammed his keys on the table. And he's like, I'll take that baseball cap off. And he would never let me wear the cap. I, I hated studying. I would go through all, tick all the boxes, and I just didn't. And this is the thing, you know, like, who likes it? You know, there's cer a certain minority of people. It's like, like what you said. I'll tell you who likes it. The people who are engaged in the topic. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that, that's it. And, and, and when I work with, with teenagers, you know, there's an element where, where I, I just say, look, 
we just need to get through this. And if you can get, if, let's say, for example, if it's the English curriculum, GCSEs, yeah. you get through these couple of years and, and, and just, just try your best, provide your best, put your, your best foot forward and get through it. Then you get to select your subjects. When you're selecting your subjects, then you're talking about your passion, you're talking about connection. Now, there's a pro and con involved there with the British curriculum. You're, 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 you know, you're choosing specific subjects early. Yeah. Early. The Irish curriculum, um, for example, we do, we still do six to nine subjects as yeah. a leaving cert. So, so there's pros and cons of both. You know, the whole idea is, uh, and this goes for adults as well, is that you, you try, you work your best with what you have. You look within, you look at your strengths, and how can you amplify your strengths here? The only thing I knew in school is I didn't really want to work in an office. It's really the only thing, and I don't really know where that came from. Mm. And then kind of like you, once you, I was sporty. I was really sporty as a kid. And for some reason, I remember when I was in school, the guys used to ask me, like, questions that they should have been asking the health and fitness professional. They weren't asking me about their, the chains come off their bike, how do they get a new derailleur, like they need a new bike thing. They were asking me about, my back's a little sore, or, mm. you know, what, I'm not really fit enough. I don't know why you're asking me, but for some reason I had this you had magnetism it. thing towards that kind of question. And you fit the nail in the head, there was a magnet there, there was something, yeah, there was something within, was. There, was a, there was something that, that was telling you, these people are coming to me for a reason. Yeah. You know, and I look at PE, and I, I, I've left the, the PE teaching industry, but I absolutely love it. I, have, I, I love the job, I just lo- lost love with the system. But I look back to under eight. I was the under eight Gaelic football captain. And I used to bring the lads down to train and I would deliver the session when the days that we weren't training. So if we were training on a Saturday morning, yeah. I was bringing the lads down to the football pitch with a bag of balls in my back. Under eight. You know? So I look back and I think to myself, so there was something there yeah. about helping other people. Yeah, man, being a leader, being a coach, but you're also figuring out how the... Um, how the, how the how to convey of a message, how teaching, how you know, all, that, all that kind of Absolutely. stuff. And if anyone can combine, you know, what they love doing yeah. with, with, with some of their strengths, then, then we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, when you're eight and you're coaching, I'm surprised you didn't actually just become a football coach or become an actual sports, you know, professional sports athlete. But um, there's probably like a lot of leadership stuff in there. But, but basically, I'm, I'm thinking back now, like what you're effectively now being the arm over the kids shoulders that you wish you had absolutely absolutely and, and that's no disrespect to my teachers or my parents and my uncles uh, for example um and aunts uh i always try to to convey this message where there's no blame game because you know our parents generation and certainly our grandparents generation didn't have the toolkit and didn't have the education that we have now about being maybe being fully present or or the needs of what teenagers need, you know, and it, it's 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 very very difficult. But yeah, that was definitely missing. Now, of course, everybody could 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 you know pick at stuff like that because my father drove me everywhere around the country to run a cross country race, you know, mm, to play yeah, Gaelic yeah. football. So there was lots of uh, you know fully present in the sense of of. of you know, doing what needed to be done. I suppose just talking from a, you know, I remember one time this particular guy was giving me a hard time in school. I tried to tell him, you know, and he um, he didn't give me what I needed. Not because he didn't want to, but he just didn't know how. Yeah. And as an adult, we can appreciate that and we can accept that and we can now put the arm over our parents, 
you know, shoulder and, and work with them. And there's nothing that gives me more joy than seeing my parents being affectionate to my children. Oh, that's cool. Because there's learning there. Yeah. I might have missed it, but at least my, ch- my children are receiving it. And that shows me that there's learning, there's growth, and we can all learn and we can all grow. If a kid came to me right now, sat down on the floor there when everyone's gone just me and him or her in the room and they tell me they've got they're getting bullied i would not have a clue what to say do you know what i mean and that night like there's no there's no i mean I, uh, well i'll read you've just give me a copy of your book just now so i will that flip read it when we get back but i would have no skill set to do with that i would i would have no idea where do you start well where would you start with an adult you would definitely start with listening getting them to talk and try and figure it out um. Yeah, I don't know. You would definitely just start with listening for sure. Oh, look, the name of the book. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe and that's da- what I read. And that's Maybe the that thing. gave me the clue. I do, I do a module on listening. You know, where we we break down. There's three levels of listening. You know, there's I listening. You know, you listening uh, and and co-listening. And we all need to get towards co-listening. We need to read between the lines of what somebody's saying, especially a teenager or your wife. You know, how's it going? Fine. <laughs> you, you know it's not fine. You know it's not fine. So, so, uh, so taking that example, is that I listening, you listening, or co-listening? Are, that, is that, are those the three so options? Co- co-listening is you're reading between the lines. You're looking at the body language. You're feeling the energy in the room. So if your wife or a teenager says, I'm fine, clearly they're not fine. And then we need to use our, our questioning toolkit to to get you know what what what's really going on here. What what's the underlying issue? So that's the gold standard of best communication: the co-listening. What are the first two? You t- you just so said. so so eye listening is 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 where it's all about you. You know, so we could be having a conversation, and I joke about this. Um, we've all got a friend who's got a better story, right? Oh, yeah, you know, okay. and I call him. I call him Eleven Reef. So if you've been to Tenerife, he's been to Eleven Reef. Yeah, okay, the story <laughs> topper. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and um, so when you're uh, when you're expressing something to him or to her, and he jumps or she jumps straight in with their story, like oh for goodness sake, you didn't even hear me. Yeah, you didn't hear. You know, you were talking. You know, or if somebody actually is um, responds with advice. Sometimes we just don't want advice, Kate. Yeah. Sometimes we just want to be listened to. We just want to be heard. And, uh, you know, that tells me that, that within 30 seconds, this other person was already creating the response to what I'm saying. And that means they've missed out on potential golden nuggets of what's really going on in me. You know? Um, and then we, we, we've got, you know, the, the second one where you're fully present, but you're only with words. So those, are the, those two are first... Eye listening, the yes, story yes. topper, eleven tw- reef, and the advice giver. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, then we move into where you're fully present in the conversation, but only words, only words, uh, and um, you know you, you you're fully embraced in what the person is saying, but maybe not what they're emotionally saying, you know. Um, and we need to, to to get away from that as well, and that's better. But where you want to go with is the co-listening, is where you're really engaged in the conversation, the whole conversation. You know, the feelings, the tones, the expressions, and and, and the feel. You know, you, you hear a lot about the the gut feeling. Gut feeling is very powerful. Yeah. You know, and um, feel the conversation, feel it. So you're all you're. Are you? 
you always just trying to get into the co-listening or you do you try and flip between the two obviously you what if people do want advice you know you got i suppose you got to figure that out eh? you got to listen and figure it out yeah uh, a really powerful coaching question would be you know would you like my opinion on this mm. you know or, or or can i share what i think and what you're doing Has there i never said no no sorry no don't yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're using fully co-listening skills, you'd learn that this person doesn't want advice here. Yeah. You know? But my point there is is that everything is psychological. You know, So even if you're talking to a teenager, you know, and this applies to adults as well, but just the example with a teenager, you know that they may not want my advice. But if I get permission, mm. if I ask them, can I tell you, it? you're still giving them control. Teenagers want control. Right. We have to play the game. We have to get into their mind. We have to use reverse psychology to, to think that we're helping them, but they think that they're in control of the situation. Mm -hmm. And I mean, as, as a teacher of 18 years, you pick these skills up. You know, you know what works for every, the 21 people sitting in front of you for 18 years. You know, there's lots of experience there. Lots of examples, lots of learning, lots of failure, you know, and and and, and realizing what works, and um, and this is something, this is a, this is something powerful that really really works is is if making the other person feel in control, but actually you're in control. I remember you telling me when we met a very long time ago. I don't know if you'd put the book together or if you'd just been putting chapters together about the story of like you'd get i might have this blurred across a few stories but you'd given kids some homework or a task or something and the kids could come back the next day and a bunch of them had done it and some of them hadn't and one of the kids answers was that their parents are watching netflix or so they couldn't get help or something like that that's right so that particular situation um when i give homework it's not academic homework it's it's self-awareness homework it's gratitude homework it's appreciation homework. it's, it's but doing something nice you know and um this particular example that's it this particular example was to find out what it is the people around us think of us you know let let's let's let let's build a i was getting them to build a a kind of an image where they're going to talk about all the nice things about themselves what am I good at? What does people like about me? And one of them, one of the tasks of this was go and ask mum and dad, what it is you like about me? Simple question. And the mum said, stop annoying me while watching Netflix. Wow. Like that's heavy. So what do you do with that kid? What do you say? What, what do you Great respond question. to that? Great question. Um, you put me on the spot here. I'm trying to think. What well, did the, the other? So, how many kids were doing this? Oh, the whole class was doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what I would have done in that particular situation is, I, I would have, you know, um, dampened the, the the feelings associated with it. So, okay, okay. Well, first of all, oh, oh, that's that can't be nice to feel like that. You know, so number just one. One of just heard one of the little thing. This is in front of the rest of the class. No, as well. no. She would have come up to me and said, it. Yeah, yeah, okay, so yeah, just yeah. you and yeah, her, yeah. yeah. So now I, I would have, you know, dampened the situation by by showing a bit of empathy. Um, Oh, that can't be nice. Okay, well, come, o come over. Let, let, let's sit down together, and and let's 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 look at a different way we can do this. What can you tell me about you? What do you like about you? And this is what I like about you. Mm. And I, you might, you know, I, I'm saying it to you as I would say it to her. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're 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 opening up this this kind of nice nicer environment. Then, mom and dad are too busy to talk to me because they're watching Netflix. Yeah, that's heavy, especially when. I mean, 
I don't know what to say to that. Mm. That's real strange. Yeah, and, and you know what, Kate? And regrettably, I could tell you a hundred stories. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole idea of the book, is that there's 20 topics of, of 20 areas that we want adults to go, whoa, is my child feeling this way? And the thing about this is I've had people, my sister, perfect example, she doesn't have children. She's a teacher. And she called me crying. She went, oh my God, chapter five is me. You know, right. so we can all relate to it because we've all been a teenager. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, um, it, there's lots of learnings and the biggest learning is that this is going on. You know, I'm not, you know, I respond to each, each, each uh, topic with a module from my student wellbeing warrior program. But actually for me, the real learning is in the story. Mm. Isn't that wonderful person who's gener- generously giving up their pain to help other people? So there's 20, there's only, how many, I mean, you must have, yeah, hundreds. Oh, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. Yeah. You know, what I've tried to do here is I've tried to, <coughs> I've tried to amalgamate stories, you know, so one, so for example, one story is not just that one child. So I might, there might be a, a story on, on physical bullying, mm-hmm. and that might have been five interviews with five different people. Right. And I'm amalgamating all them. So I'm trying to bring in little bits of the personality. It was very funny, actually, the editor. <laughs> Lots of challenging conversations with the editor because the editor would have been saying, this doesn't make sense. And I'm like, I know, but that's how she said it. That this is her story. Yeah. This is her. And I want the voice of this child to come true in the book. Is there a standout thing or a couple of issues that stand out that like people, adults are most oblivious to? That's... Uh, I think it's chapter 18, Fatima, self-harm, heartbreaking story. I actually cried writing it, you know. It's funny because I'm I'm sitting there writing and it's coming out of my fingers and the tears are coming down my eyes because I can see it. I can see it and obviously I've I've shared the chat with with, with this, her name isn't Fatima, I've I've changed all Mm -hmm. the names, but... um, you know, the whole idea is that the reader is feeling it. It's feeling it. And I'm building the picture. I'm building the scene. I'm setting the tone to connect the person's story and the reader. Um, is self-harm one of the more common things? Um, the, the most common theme, to, to, to be blunt, is that there's not enough parents out there listening. Every chapter has a has a sentence along the lines of I tried to tell mom I thought that's what you're gonna say yeah but she just wouldn't listen or if only dad listened to me I wouldn't have had to experience this yeah that's heavy eh? um I'm trying to think of my own I mean I'll probably it'll probably come through when I start reading the stories and that's the thing you know the amount of as I said my sister but so many people have contacted me saying oh my goodness I'm in your book. Yeah. I'm in your book. I'm in it. Like, I, I I'm... I say, which, which, I'll have to read and see which, because your story is very much, like, you're, li- you're, uh, you're rebounding from your story. Like, you've, yeah, you've gone yeah. full, full pendulum. This was you, and now you're Absolutely. Over here. But, but, you know, there's a reason why I'm writing this, is because I'm fully in this book. Yeah. Fully in this book. So you found a, you, did you, did, was it therapeutic for you and your, your past? Um, yes and no. Yes, that you're, you know, reflecting back. And you're also thinking, was it that bad? Is it as bad as it played out in my head? But also, the adult Kieran McBrain is putting his arm over the 14-year-old Kieran McBrain saying, 
yeah you know that was tough and yeah sorry you had to go through that and but look we, we we met it you know and we got through it yeah you know what would you say to him great question i would say to 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 not to suffer alone you know don't put on this front and, and as adults you know we, we all do this too as adults but don't put on this front and just fully show that you're in pain show it don't expect people to help you if they don't know that there's something there's something um that everything's okay you know but you have to be i mean okay so let's say you do let and your sentence is i tried mm -hmm. and it didn't work yeah and, and that's you know i suppose it's a case of it didn't work on one person so let's try somebody okay. else yeah. and somebody else and somebody there's always somebody and especially in today's society you know if if the word self-harm or negative thoughts or especially suicidal thoughts come into a conversation you know alarm bells are rang and we deal with them now you know back in the early 90s in ireland i don't know if if, if it was accepted as much what age were you in the early 90s um i would have been early teenage yeah teenage years yeah um do you think how oh, let me ask you a different question how, how prevalent is social media influences oh i mean this is the thing you know and this is why we need to to be aware of the power of social media you know there's one particular chapter where we're talking about social media and the power of a photoshop you know the power of taking somebody's face at a, at a at a school party and putting it in a completely different environment yeah and everybody laughing at this wow. particular child um when i got off the bus after school and we when we all got off the bus and we all got home school was finished was closed yeah we could put on the telly we could play with our friends up the fields whatever we were doing but now there's no hiding place there's no hiding place and 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 just on that topic of, of you know of, of people comparing themselves and their lives to others the only time we would see a magazine is probably sitting in the doctor's waiting room dentist waiting room you're now children young girls and boys are, are scrolling constantly constantly seeing these so-called beautiful people yeah. and feeling so inferior to yeah. something that's actually not real not only that seeing the attention that that's getting seeing the followers the likes the actual like not only is that person looks kind of uh conceptually different they are also like tangibly getting elevated you know m and i'm not moving anywhere um this that's the I, I don't understand why the like button is still a thing i know why is it a thing yeah. like we know yeah w why is it displayed like <laughs> remove it what? get rid of yeah. it it's, just do it's actually doing for everybody for adults yeah for no, but it's doing men, any women, favors. Kids, if you want to share if you want to share your an image of you and your family or you on the beach or whatever you're doing share it yeah. but it doesn't have to be a popularity contest it also doesn't have to be on display because in the stories on Instagram it's the only one really I use if somebody likes it no one gets told about mm. it mm. And, and if I like what you're doing I can like it because I want you to know right and it's insignificant yeah in the in the anyone who's not on the inside of your um account and i can talk to you about it directly with a message i don't need to put a comment on it yeah. why is a comment a thing yeah. 
I don't care about you, anyone's opinion on these posts, but now I can't really turn off the comments because it, it's showing, it's, it's becoming common knowledge now yeah. that I'm avoiding people's comments. It's like, I just I don't comment on my stuff. Like, but, but then again, the whole algorithm is geared towards paying me back for my effort with a comment. <laughs> Do you know? So it's. Do you know what the bottom line is? It's all nonsense. Yeah. And to think, you know, let's say for example, um, your friend, it's your friend's child's birthday party, you know, and you didn't like the post, you know, this kind of nonsense goes on, or a family member say, you know, oh, the, the, has something happened? You didn't like the post. Yeah. <laughs> like what? What kind of a bloody world are we in? Exactly. You know? Why is it a thing? Yeah. Because there's a, it's been around for long enough to know it's it's torture for people. It doesn't need to be there. It doesn't change because it just doesn't need to be front facing. Mm. Do you know? Um, because you can't do a bad like. You can't dislike it. Why isn't because so that doesn't exist? <laughs> Thankfully, there's a, there's a limit. There is a threshold where they go. That's too much. A dislike button. YouTube has likes and dislikes. Oh, like Instagram, face. I don't know about Facebook. But I don't think it does. But like, I don't get why that's a thing. These these people in these uh, coding rooms, decision makers, they have kids. They mm. must have kids. Mm. They must have accounts themselves. I'm nearly 40, and it's taking up some of my bandwidth in my brain. And I can see that. And Yeah, it <laughs> does. I just don't think it should be there. Yeah. Because, because I'm, uh, and I, this was the thing where, when, we were, when I was doing a lot more rehab posts, really boring neurology posts, talking about pain, it's not something that's sexy and glamorous. Mm. It takes some time to explain it. Mm. So I would go film a chat or I'd write a big long caption or I'd create a graphic on image and I'd post it. I was like, this could change your life. Maybe not now, but you're gonna have pain in your future. If you can understand, my, my mindset is, if you can understand this, it yeah. will help you. So your post is educational? It's trying to be, but it's so boring. Mm. It's such a boring, unglamorous post. And it was just like, it might as well have just blown past people in the wind, mm. you know? And I was like, well, I won't do this. I won't, I'm Maybe you need again. to wear a bikini. Mate, I've had that conversation with people loads. That if you're not getting a thousand likes, you're not naked enough. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just you're not taking enough clothes off. <laughs> but maybe that's the platform. Maybe I need to get off that platform, get to focus my attention on a different platform, yeah. which is kind of like why I like doing these podcasts. Yes, yes, yes. It's totally different. And then the reality is, though, kid, from a business perspective, you know, you need to be talking to the right audience. And are these people who's liking and comment or whatever your right audience? Possibly or possibly not. And that's what we need. We can't get too fully focused on it. Because at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is create visibility. This is what Keith does. This is what Kieran does. Yeah. You know? In a pragmatic view of... Has to work. Has to work for you. You know? In a... In a but it, yeah, because that's goal-orientated. But teenagers don't have that. No, uh, no. And, and that's a completely different conversation. I completely yeah. agree with that. With teenagers, it's popularity, yeah. especially young girls. They put, put a post up of them going to a brunch in from Dubai terms, for example, in their beautiful new dress, you know. And because the traction wasn't there, that could actually destroy the whole family's day out because she's sulking in the mood now. I've seen it. I've dealt with, I've wow. dealt with this topic. Do you know? Yeah. So it's... Um, we're living in a... Sad place. It's strange. Sad place. It's such an easy fix as well. Just switch it off. Just switch that little factor off. Just yeah. switch that little thing off. Then you'll get people, I think, like in the stories, people share way more stories than they share on their page page. Mm. Because it's not, it's not, um, it's not, it's not there to be as judged. 
public facing. Do you know? I can put a story up and no one knows what happens to yeah. you. Who cares? Tap it and it's gone. But man, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. I, I'm glad these chats, these groups, WhatsApp groups. I didn't never thought about the Photoshop thing. That's mm. terrifying. Uh, it's horrendous. You know, it's horrendous. It's going to get worse as well with, with the way if you can change people's voices and you can make videos of, of, I mean, of uh, Photoshop stuff. What's, what's going on now with, um, you know, with uh, art AI? AI, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I've seen videos of people talking. They're actually not real people. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Right now, that's... that. that I won't even say it take too long, but right now that's that's a big endeavor for somebody to do. But eventually, you're going to be able to like stick anyone's photo into yeah. this thing, Clone, and it's yeah. going to you're going to type in some words with your thumb, and it's going you're yeah. going to pick a one of thousand voices, and you got a mini video of somebody saying something on record. Absolutely. But anyway, let's shift to something a bit more positive. Mm. What what have you got coming up? What's what's going on in your world? Um, writing book number two. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's the same idea as listen only with adults. So we're talking about um, talking tough, tough stuff, marriage breakups. We're talking about um, anorexia. We're talking about uh, having to bury, having to bury their own children. You know, it's it's tough stuff, and you know, I'm all about voicing this tough stuff for people not to not to be alone with it. You know, um, in my own podcast, we bring people on. And we get to talk about their story, and everyone has a story, you know. So f- when you come on, kid, for example, it could be uh, in my head, and I purposely won't do any research before it because I want I want it to be natural in the conversation. But I could be expecting you to talk about the challenges of, you know, life in the industry that you work in. You could rock up and you could tell me something far, far, far deeper. Yeah. And that's the power of it. And if one person can resonate with that story, can connect with you, then we're moving in the right direction back on social media it drives me crazy that people will follow a celebrity in california and not follow you not learn from you we got to learn from each other our brothers or sisters our moms or dads our children our friends but we've all got stories so we've got we've learned we've got experiential learning so learn from each other so we bring people on we get them to talk about their challenging story we get to hear their solutions and your solution is much more um real and achievable than some celebrity story because your resources are more closer to mine uh, and everyone else is here than David Beckham's, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same with the book, you know. So we're bringing people on. <coughs> excuse me. We're getting them to share their stories, and um, and we're trying to give solutions. And of course, the solution isn't the fixed solution. It's just uh, something to try. Yeah. Something to try. And, and and with all the work I do with adults and teenagers, you know is we try and educate them into into you know looking at different perspectives reframing understanding themselves you know bit of visualization a bit of breath work or whatever and sometimes things don't work and that's fine but we have to do what does work so that's what i'm on at the moment so uh, i'm um, i'm in the early chapters of that but um the the whole framework is designed and it's uh, so i'm hoping could be way off i've given mm-hmm. myself a little target to, to have it out for next christmas um so is it a similar kind of thing you're taking stories interviews chats and putting them together in kind of like a each little mini narrative that's exactly it you know it's it's the book is designed for the 13 year old Kira mcbrain who doesn't like to read this one this yeah lesson. and the other one okay. you know so even now when i go doesn't into doesn't like to read <laughs> <laughs> it's got pictures yeah <laughs> and what i mean by that is 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 that when i open a book 
it needs to be aesthetically pleasing. Right. The text, the font, the, the, the spaces, everything. You know, it needs to be readable. Yeah. You know, my friend bought me the, the Nike book. Um, uh, shoe dog. Yeah. Yeah. And I opened it, kid, and I said to myself, I'm never going to read this because the text was so small. Yeah, I read that book. It's, to be honest, I read that book being told it's one of the best books ever. It's so detailed talking back from the stuff in the 70s. Right. I was like, I'm only reading this book because it's been recommended to me yeah. by a bunch of people who I hold to in a good esteem. Yeah. Right at the end, at the very end, he spends two or three pages explaining why all that stuff was important. And it, he kind of ties it together right. nicely, really fast, really quick. But man, you've got to get right to the end of that yeah, book. Yeah. You, didn't, so you didn't miss much. I haven't that. read it yet. And, and, um, and that's what I mean. So it, it's purposely short stories. You know, like in every story, I could, I could write four times the amount, but I condense it to a short story. The key is the story is the hook. The story is the hook. And then the part two is, is the potential solution to, to support this particular challenge. Beautiful. So this one. Uh, it's called Listen, mm. Teenagers, They're Challenging Stories and How to Help Them. Uh, Kieran McBreen. Um, you don't have a name for the new one, the second one? Not fully yet. I mean, in my head, it's obviously Listen to Adults to Challenging Stories. And how you, however, we're going to have a play with that. And Co-listen. And see. Uh, so where can people follow you online? What's your podcast? Yeah, my podcast is Let's Listen with Kieran McBreen. Um, my social media handle is at CMB Coach McBreen and my website is CMB Coaching and Training dot com. Okay, awesome. Well, cheers for coming in. Pleasure. Um, very interesting chat. I will look read through this and see which chapter is me. <laughs> yeah. and I'll let you know. Do I'll be very intrigued <laughs> to hear about it. Cool. Thanks, guys. Good man. Thanks so much, kid.